All right, now last week, we, we actually, in the last two weeks, I wanted just to share some words of wisdom. That was really uh, from this particular portion of text that we read. And so you'll remember last week we looked specifically in this text at a few things, but we honed in on verse 23 of chapter 4, which dealt with keep your heart or guard your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. And so, again, the Bible speaks much about this. We examined it and we considered those things. Uh, their significance and importance because uh, over the entirety of life, this is so critical. And there's a responsibility that the Bible emphasizes that we have, but there's also the reality that we are vulnerable as well in relation to the experiences of life and the sufferings that come our way. So all of these things. And so we need to guard our hearts, but two, we need God to help us to do that. Because left to ourselves, uh, uh, we'll, we'll all fail. And so we, have God's, we need God in that process. Which really leads us to the second point, which we're going to consider in principle the same thing. We have a personal responsibility, but realizing we need God in our lives to help us. And so, the firstly, we looked at keeping your heart with all diligence, of verse 23. But I want to look at specifically, in, which is going to be verse, the words in verse 26. Ponder the path of your feet. Ponder the path of your feet. That's the word of wisdom. That's the instruction that Solomon is writing down for our instruction, for our admonition. The Spirit of God wants to speak to us this morning to ponder the path of your feet. That's obvious. Well, where are we going? What are we doing? What steps do we need to take in life? And let's be honest, these, the issues of life, as they are processed and as we consider them, we're always uh, uh, seeking to know what way we should go, what steps we should take. That's the reality of life. And again, we need God's wisdom. We need God in this process. I mean, this is one of the things that I have learnt as a Christian. What I share this morning from the text is really being something that's gone to the heart of, uh, in my experience, as I'll share uh, as well. But in Jer one of the things I've learnt is in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, the Bible says, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. And though we are exhorted to ponder the path of our feet, we are to do that in the light of Scripture. We are to do that in the light of God's Word. We are to do that with a dependency upon God, looking to God to direct our steps as we will see in the Scriptures. Because if we think that somehow we've got this covered, that somehow we can work this out, then we are deceiving ourselves. And because it's not in man to direct his own steps. He might think he can, and we might be arrogant enough to proceed in self-confidence and self-assurance, but when we consider this in the light of God's word and his ways, we realise it's not in man. We need God's wisdom. We need God's instruction. We need God in this process. And that's why we are told in the scriptures to ponder because if we're going to ponder the path of our feet then we're going to have to pray about the steps that we take 
We have to ask God, Lord, what do you want me to do? What are your, what is your direction? What are your, uh, where are you leading me? Because we are, this is what the Christian life is about. It's about not my will, but your will be done. And so we have to take that approach as we ponder these issues in life. And so as we walk with God, we're going to see that it is he who will direct our steps and establish our way. So let's read again in Proverbs chapter 4. We'll read the whole text again from verse 20 to the end of the chapter. Bible says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. See, we looked last week as when we were looking at the heart, Jeremiah's words, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We just look now in the book of Jeremiah where it says it's not in man to direct his own steps. So Jeremiah's words, are, as, uh, as, uh, as uh, communicated by the Spirit, are clear for us to understand the, the foundation in these things. And so the, the word of God is true. As we looked last week, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool, the Bible says in Proverbs. He, uh, he trusts in his own heart is a fool. That's what it, the scripture says. And again, as we see, if, you th if we think that we can direct our own steps, then we fall into the same category. It's foolishness. We're a fool. And we don't want to play the fool this morning. And we all do at some stage in life, let's be honest. But we want God's wisdom. We want God to direct our steps. You see, because the truth is, is that we can be hasty. We can be hasty in our decision-making and the processes and the steps that we take. We can be short-sighted. Uh, we don't know sometimes what, uh, you know, okay, we, we might make a decision that relates to the immediate, but we don't see the consequence or the uh, outflow of uh, certain decisions in life. And so again, we think that we can direct our own steps, but some, and this is how people live, not realising that they get themselves into deep trouble down the road. If only they would understand God's word, which says we reap what we sow. You know, these divine laws in life. Uh, and understanding. So we want to sow what is right. We want to walk worthy before the Lord. We want God to direct our steps because we cannot trust ourselves. We cannot trust, we cannot be trusted. In fact, you read from Jeremiah uh, 17 don't trust in men. And that's not just others, it's ourselves. We don't trust in, our, in ourselves, but in the Lord. And so we need God to direct our steps. Now, listen to what the scripture says. The first words of wisdom in the text is to ponder the path of, our, uh, of your feet. Notice that, ponder the path of your feet. And so, because we're dealing with not just the path, but the steps that we need to take 
to move along that path. The path is obviously speaking about the, the distance and the long term, whereas when we talk about feet and steps, we're talking about the next step to take. And so it's in this context that because we can't see always what lies ahead, that we, we, we want to know, well, what step do I need to take? Where do I need to plant my foot? And so we ponder the path. And that word ponder in the Hebrew literally means to roll flat, to prepare a road. So that's why we're pondering, because that step, we want it to be stable. We want it to be right and our footing to be on the, on, on the right place so that we're moving along that path, ultimately, in which the Lord will, do, will lead us. The word ponder means to weigh mentally. And that's another thing that we do in that process. We, we contemplate we think, we process, we weigh the things together in light of, uh, of, of God's word and we pray, God, give me wisdom. God, direct my steps. And so we can see here the scripture is instructing us and what it's clear, what it's trying to tell us. And so we don't want to be quick to act and quick to proceed. We need wisdom. I mean, let's be honest. If only we could see the end of all of our choices when we make them. But we're not God this morning. If only we could just see in some of the things that we, we, we ponder upon and the steps that we take, in some instances we can have the wisdom of God to foresee the future in, in, in certain steps. And that, thank God for that. But there are times in life where, where we don't. And where there's a sense of uncertainty because we can't see that far ahead. We can only see that which relates to the next step. But only if we could see the end of our decisions, our choices, and our actions, then, uh, uh, then that would just save us possibly some, some or a lot of heartache in life. But we can't because we're not God. But we do ponder. Not just ponder. Have you ever wrestled with these things in your mind as you've weighed things up and you've considered they've been heavy in your heart? Maybe you've even agonised over various circumstances and issues in life. I know I've been in that place many a times. And, uh, and you've, you're weighing up various things possibly. And you're agonising in your heart and it's like, Lord, I, what step do I need to take? I'm pondering but I'm uncertain. So we pray and we begin to ask God and we begin to seek God. And the disposition of our lives always must be, Lord, what do you want me to do? So often we just proceed in our own understanding and in our own strength, but this is not, this is not a, a profitable for us, as the Scripture tells us. Lord, what do you want me to do? What step should I take? And so turning to the Lord is always the first necessary step. Failure to pray and consider God in these issues and in these weighty matters is, 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 will be detrimental. And we'll reap some of the consequences if they are not of the Lord, but according to our own will and desires. And so the process of pondering the path of our feet is important. We have to take an approach and say, well, Lord, what do you want? If the Lord wills. You see, isn't it interesting? James writes in his epistle and he rebukes the, 
the assembly there, and he says that there is a group of them that are just, they're just going about their Christian life, not really pondering the steps that they're taking. They're pondering, all right, but they're pondering how they can just make money, how they can profit, how they can uh, do this and do that. And he says, you know, the problem is with your arrogance of heart is that you're not considering God. You're not saying, if the Lord wills, then we will do this. If the Lord wills, then we will do that. We're not pondering the path of your feet in such a manner that God is part of the equation. You've removed him out of that process. And he calls them proud and arrogant. And that's what we can be like. And that's what we want to avoid. And that's why we're looking at this particular scripture this morning, to gain wisdom in this, in this context. Now, if we do, the Bible gives us a promise in our text. Look at verse 26. It says, Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. In other words, if we, if we heed the instruction that the Bible's giving us, then we will reap the promise. And that gives us confidence, confidence in God, that if we are seeking God and pondering upon these things and praying about them, then we can rest assured and have a certainty that, you know what, God is in control. God is there. God is leading. God is directing. That word established in the Hebrew is quite interesting as well, kind of similar to what our brother was saying in the Greek there when he was reading in, in, um, in Romans 5. But the word established in the Hebrew here means to be erect. It means to stand perpendicular. In, and so in, in a sense, it's to set up. And so in other words, what we're dealing with here is that God uh, will establish all our ways. And that means to stand, to be erected, and to, to be established, to be strong. It's a, it's a sign and a symbol of, 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 uh, of uprightness, of strength, of power, of, of being fixed. And so this is what the Bible is telling us, to stand and we will be, we will be able to stand. We'll be established. We will be erected by God in that pathway. And that's what we want. That's what we want. We want what the scripture says. But the question is, well, how can we have that this morning? And so let's look a little bit further because the Bible is, is filled with instruction. It's filled with exhortations and promises that relate to these things. And I want to consider just a couple with you. So let's go turn just a page back in Proverbs chapter 3. Because when we consider what we're looking at this, this morning... The question is, well, what does the Bible say about this? Well, let's look at it, because we have again in the book of Proverbs a very uh, uh, prominent and profound scripture, and it's found in verse 5. And I'm sure people know it. This was one of the first scriptures I learned as a Christian. You know, you memorize scripture and you say, yep, this was one of the first scriptures I learned. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And so this is really important. And it goes exactly hand in glove with what we're considering in our text. And sure, it is a profound statement with promise, but we must consider it. We are, we are told to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Faith, 
This is the word trust. It's simple trust. That word is it's, it's much associated with faith. That's why the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. And so we are consistently trusting in God. We are going the, from faith to faith and we are to grow in our trust and confidence in God. And so we're told, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You see, the heart here, again, we looked at this, out of it flow the issues of life. And so we have to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. This is the center of our being. This is the soul. This relates to the actions and the, and the emotions and the will and all of those and the intellect of our mind, all that's associated with the soul, the heart, the center of our being. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And listen to what it says, lean not on your own understanding. So this is the, this is the problem. <laughs> Lean not on your own understanding. You see, this is the warning that the Scripture is giving us. You know, the word to lean means to support oneself. You can't trust in God and lean on your own understanding. It's a contradiction. It's impossible. It's, it's, it cannot be done. And that's what we're like when we say we're trusting God, but sometimes we're really just leaning on our, our own understanding. Have you been guilty of that? I have. And so the Bible says, lean not. We see, we don't want to support ourselves. I, we are warned against trusting in our own understanding. Because if we just go through life and thinking that somehow we've always got the perfect processes, then we are in trouble. We can't go down that pathway. We can't always lean on our own understanding. In fact, the Bible speaks about that, and this is why we are told in, three times in the book of Proverbs that there's safety in what? A multitude of counsellors. Because if we think that our perspective is always the right perspective and we're leaning solely on our own understanding, and then we're in, we can be in trouble. Might not be right. And that's why there's multitude, there's safety in a multitude of counselors. Think that we can have God and His Word, that we can have faithful brothers and sisters, mature, that we can talk to and that can help us and can speak into our lives. And these help give us perspective. And so, this is some of the things that we have in Scripture to give us some support and balance. Otherwise, we tend to fall into this category where we lean on our own understanding and we support ourselves, uh, claiming that we're trusting God, but, but uh, there's no witness outside of that. That's why the Bible says, let, it, let things be established by the mouth of what? One witness? Two or three witnesses. Because that's how things are established. In God's economy, in God's purposes. And so we don't want to lean on our own understanding. In all, look at verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, not some. All your ways. And again, this is quite profound that we would approach it and talk to God. Acknowledge God in all your ways. You see, sometimes we're just going about, we're planning our own thing, doing our own thing. And yet we need to acknowledge God in the situation and in the circumstances. This is important. Acknowledge the Lord. 
See, you can pray about things. That's why we say I'm praying, um, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to God about things. We're acknowledging God. We're bringing God into our lives, into the situation as we're pondering our steps and our path, the path of our feet. We're praying and saying, God, I'm acknowledging you in this instance. I'm calling out for you for direction, and as the, as the word says, and trusting that you're going to direct my steps. And again, sometimes we fail to acknowledge God as we should. And mind you, even in some of the most smallest and insignificant things, I've learned this even more so in recent times again, how sometimes just some little things in life we just kind of, you know, we don't acknowledge God. But I've also learned, and I keep learning, that even sometimes in the littlest we think are insignificant things, when we pray about them, God actually directs our steps and gets involved. But see, listen to what it says here. And again, here's the promise. Verse 6 in chapter 3. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. See, that's a promise, church. You know, I remember as a young Christian making so many, uh, having to be faced with so many decisions. And I've got to be honest with you, I was overwhelmed by some of those things, especially when it comes to doctrine. Because, you know, you become a Christian, then all of a sudden you meet Jehovah's Witnesses, you meet this person, that person, and everyone's just bombarding you like, <laughs> and your brain is on overload. And so I, I remember th these scriptures and John where it says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So I just begin to say, well, God, I don't know. I'm overwhelmed. And I just... Pray according to your script, the word, and I just proceeded on that basis. But I tell you, that was profound because over the years, God has proven himself over and over and over. If you acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, he will direct your steps. That's the promise. See, we are to draw confidence and comfort from these scriptures this morning. They're written for that purpose so that we can have faith, that we can trust God. That knowing that if we acknowledge him, we can have peace in our hearts, that we can have the comfort of God in the midst of circumstances. Knowing that he will direct our paths. He's promised to. And you can, you, can, you can say that with confidence. Not with arrogance, but confidence. And that's not arrogance. Some people might claim it to be. But no, because you know what? I'm following the Lord and I'm trusting God. And I have an assurance and a confidence in my heart because he said he will direct my steps. Because again, I go back to the point. Let's be honest with ourselves. Life is not so clinical all the time, is it? You know, we, men are clinical. We like to just get every issue and just go... Logically, just summarize it, and you know, the women are like, Oh, I feel <laughs> okay. It's just look, before men are different to women, okay? God has made women different to men, and so there's different processes in life, okay? And that's how it is, but you see, we it's not clinical times, we agonize over some, some decisions and issues. We can wrestle, we can be burdened, so deeply burdened and weighed down in our hearts and overwhelmed by circumstances sometimes that we really, we're not sure about what decision to make. We're not sure what step to take. And so it's in that place we begin to ponder uh, the path of our feet and the step that we need to take and we say, then we cry out to God in these circumstances. And so this is really, really important. 
Because David himself found himself in a similar situation. Turn with me to Psalm 143. Psalm 143. I've prayed this prayer a thousand times, I think, before the Lord. I'll be honest with you. And it's a particular psalm. It's a really, it's a wonderful psalm because it's, it's a psalm of David and he's pleading for, to God for guidance and deliverance in his circumstances. But I'm focusing here on the guidance. And he's, he, he comes before the Lord and listen to his prayer. Let's read it together from verse 1. He says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness answer me, and in your righteousness do not enter into judgment with your servant. For in your sight there is none living that's righteous. So he's just pleading God's mercy. I know that I'm not right. And that's what we're like too, right? I'm coming before you, Lord. Don't zap me. I know that my ways aren't perfect, and, and don't, you know, but this is why we have God's grace. Looks in the verse, go back to verse 3. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He's made me dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. Therefore, in his circumstances, David says, Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. He's acknowledging God. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Verse 7. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Verse 8, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. There is this faith coming through. Listen to the verse, cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. He says to God, cause me to know. He's pondering. As the scripture tells us, ponder the path of your feet. David is doing exactly that and he's, he's, laying, he's acknowledging God. He's expressing his faith. He's, he's calling upon the faithfulness of God and he says, Cause me to know the way in which I should go. For I lift up my soul to you. He's presenting himself saying, God, I don't know what step to take. But cause me to know the way that I should go. And I tell you, that makes up my prayer so often, I've got to be honest with you. In fact, I've even prayed it many a times in the same spirit as David. Not in a clinical way, but in, 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 a, in, in my spirit fails, in being overwhelmed, my heart being distressed by various circumstances and saying, God, this is beyond me. I need cause me to know. Because it's not in me, it's not in man to direct his own steps and establish his own path. I need you, Lord. And this is what we're seeing. It's not, notice that two times David says, cause me. The first one is in verse 8 where he says, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. You know what, in the midst of the agony, in the midst of the distress, cause me to know your love in the morning, Lord. Just to abide in your love and your grace, in that perfect peace that comes 
in your presence. And then he says, cause me to know the way in which I should go. See, they are profound words for our admonition this morning. Because you know what? We're not exempt from the realities of life. I'm not. You're not. David wasn't. And so these, are, these realities are true for us all in, in, our, in various ways and contexts. You know that word walk in the text here that we just read of Psalm where it says, cause me to know the way in which I should walk. Obviously that means to walk literally, but the word also means to carry in the Hebrew. And so just as a side thought, you know, that's that, what's that famous poem? Footsteps. Is that what it is? Footprints. 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 And so there's this context, and I'll just touch upon it before we move on to go back into context, but I just want to read it to you because I think that there are times in life where this is true. And this, this poem was written out of a harrowing experience of, a, one, of, of one person. There's various um, subtle... Like, it, like hymns, you know, there's, this is the original, no, this is the original, this is the original. So I don't know which is the original, but I'm going to read the one I got here. And uh, nevertheless, they all speak to the circumstance. But it says these, one, one night a man had a dream. He dreamed he was walking along the beach with the Lord. Across the sky flashed scenes from his life. From each scene, he noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to him and the other to the Lord. When the last scene of his life flashed before him, he looked back at the footprints in the sand. He noticed that many times along the path of his life, there was only one set of footprints. He also noticed that it happened at the very, at, at, he also noticed that it happened at the very lowest and saddest times in his life. This really bothered him, and he questioned the Lord about it. He said, Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I've noticed that during my most troublesome times in my life, there's only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you most, you would leave me. The Lord replied, my son, my precious child, I love you. And I would never leave you during your times of trial and suffering. When you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. And it's true, isn't it? I mean, have you ever found yourself in such an agonising time? Maybe you haven't been in that place, but there are many can testify. And you are so overwhelmed like David, and it's like, cause me to know what step to take. And, but you know, in life you go on and, and you just trust, and you trust with confidence, even though you don't have it all from the end, from the beginning. But you just trust God, and you, you build on his word, and then you look back and you say, I see I see the hand of God because God said he would never leave us nor forsake us. He promised he would direct our steps. And if that means he has to carry us at times to establish it, then he will. But let's, I just wanted to touch on that as a side note, but let's go back to the, to the point of our text where it says all your ways will be established. See, God often shuts us up to faith this morning. Listen to these words. God often shuts us up 
to faith. I mean, if you could, and if, if you could see the end from the beginning, it would just make things so much easier, right? You'd know exactly what to do, how to do it. But you see, that's not the nature of life. That's not the way God has ordained it. Many times God shuts us up to faith. I mean, here's God. He comes to Abraham and he says, Abraham, get out of your your country, leave your family and go out and I'm going to give you, I'm going to make you a nation of you and the descendants are going to be like the sand of the seashore and the stars of the heavens. And and here's here's Abraham and he's with his wife and she can't even get pregnant. And Abraham goes out, not even knowing, the Bible says, not even knowing where he was going. You see, God gave him a promise and he shut him up to faith. And he said, now you've got to take this step. You've got to take this step. You've got to take the next step. But Abraham didn't have the big picture. He had a promise. He had a word from God and he was assured of it. But he took the step that God was directing him, the next step. Then he took the next step, the next step. And that led him on that path. And today, that path that you and I are walking and that you and I are, gro- uh, 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 are grafted into, uh, the, the father of our faith. And so, like I said, God shuts us up to faith. I've learned this as well in the Christian life. Not that I've perfected things, but I've just learned, hey, that's where God brought me. And you know, I didn't learn it by reading a book, didn't read it, learn it. I learned it through the agonising experiences and sufferings of life. Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. As a son, he cried out with vehement cries to him who was faithful and able. But he learned obedience by those things that he suffered. And if that's the way that Jesus walked, that's the way Abraham walked, what makes it any different for you and I? Oh, if you've got those problems, you'll feel like that. You've got a lack of faith. Rubbish. That's where your faith proves itself. That's where your faith comes forth. Not because you're in those circumstances, but because in the circumstances, God is there. And we have a confidence and a faith. And so Abraham pondered and prayed. And he didn't have the big picture, but he knew the next step and he took it. And so this is how God deals with us at times in our lives. So often we can only see enough light to take the next step. But this this is the way in which God works. This has become my experience many a times. And it's also what we find in the Bible itself. Maybe you can turn to uh, Psalm 119. Psalm 119. It's a a very well-known scripture, verse 105. But listen to what it says. Your word, speaking about God's word, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Note those, the, the, the analogy that's being expressed here. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so God, the Bible says that God will establish our ways. He will direct our steps. In other words as well, we have the word of God that is a source of direction and guidance. And his word is compared to a lamp, you see, and a a light. These are both pictures of illumination. God's word illuminates. And again, the picture being is that there's darkness that is encroaching upon the circumstances. I mean, we're living in a dark world. We're living, this world is in darkness. 
We were once in darkness, but now we are light in the Lord and we are in the light. We walk in the light. But that doesn't mean that there's darkness on each side of us. And that, wants, that darkness wants to encroach upon our lives in various ways. And sometimes in the circumstances of life, that darkness seems so, so close and so, so, so pressing and so prominent. And it's in that place where the Bible says your word illuminates. Your, the, entrance, the Bible says the entrance of your words gives light. Because it illuminates. And the Bible says, that's in Psalm 119 as well, I'm not sure which verse. But it's, it says that your word, the entrance of your word gives light. It illuminates. And so God's word is a lamp to our feet and it's a light to our path. You can clearly see what the scripture is telling us here. We're pilgrims and we're passing through this dark world. But the word is a lamp to our feet. And the truth is that sometimes God just illuminates the path in front of us so that you all you know you can't you want to look down the road you want to see the end from the beginning but God you can't see that but God's given his word and he gives you enough light to take that next step and so it's a, your word is a lamp that little picture of a lamp that just illuminates in the darkness enough to, to enable me to take that next step your word is a lamp to my feet but it's also a light to my path and so because we have the, uh, the, the, the word of God, as uh, this is where we have the logos, which is the word in the general sense, and we have the rhema of God, which is a, you know, God, the singular in which God speaks to us, that we can be, can be compared in this context as well, logos being the path. We have the whole word in the entirety of God's word, and that lightens the path for us. But we all still have to walk the, the, the journey of faith and the life of faith. And therefore we, we're taking one step at a time and the word is a lamp to our feet and it's a light to our path and we see this clearly in the scriptures this morning going back now to our text in Proverbs 4 it says in verse 27 do not turn to the right or to the left remove your foot from evil stay on the pathway you know, sometimes we get tempted, frustrated, distracted. We wander, I don't know, we're off the path that leads to life, that narrow path that leads to life. Narrow is the path. And it's difficult, Jesus said too. And there is difficulty. But you see, we're on that pathway. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. The temptation is to do so, to lean on your own understanding because, you know what, you might be a little frustrated, you might be a little impatient or you're, you're, you're lacking faith or trust in God. So you begin to lean on your own understanding and in doing so you veer off the path and you turn to the left or to the right. But there is danger. Don't be tempted to take control. But allow, trust God, acknowledge him, and continue to practice this as you walk with Jesus. You know, we can cause ourselves so many problems and issues in our lives because of the choices that we make and decisions we make. And I'm talking as Christians here because we can make wrong choices or wrong decisions. Again, we talked about how the, the, the faith of Abraham and, and how he is uh, exhorted and to be esteemed in Scripture. But, you know, if you look at the life of Abraham, it's not all bed of roses and from faith to faith. I mean, he made some silly choices. 
You can read about it in the book of Genesis. In fact, God promises him a son, and uh, he, his wife can't have a, have a child, so his wife comes up with a good idea and says, listen, go into my maid, and uh, there the God's promises will be fulfilled. So Abraham goes, okay, sounds good. And so he goes into Hagar, and he has a child, Ishmael. Was that God's will? No. Did he reap the consequences of that choice? Still is. Still is. And God is bigger than all of that. He's going to turn it all around in the end. Thank God for that. But, but there can be consequences. And we can still get right with God. But, you know, if we, we can, things can happen that uh, can, we have to live through the consequences of in life. And that can be quite distressing. So Abraham shows us that what can happen. There's another in situation in Abraham's life as well. The Bible says he comes into the land of Canaan as God is directing him, and there's a famine in the land. And he built an altar there, and he called upon God, and there's a famine. So he thinks, hmm, you know what? I'm going to go down to Egypt, get some food. And he says to his wife, look, just tell them you're my sister, and uh, all the rest of it. So they go down. And they go down to Egypt, and, and uh, they're in that place of Egypt. And, and then he realizes that, you know what, things are not working out there. So he goes back to Canaan, the Bible says. And he goes back to the place between Bethel and Ai, back to the altar in which he had built, where he had called upon God, where God had met with him, where he had worshipped him. And he called on the name of the Lord. You see, this is what it's like. We wander off, turn to the right, to the left. Here's Abraham, he's off in Egypt. What are you doing down there? And so God never told him to go to Egypt. But he, was, he lent on his own understanding. There was a famine in the land. He was calculating some things. But he didn't, he didn't acknowledge God in the situation. So he goes off on his way, and then all of a sudden he learns through the suffering of the, that trial, what am I doing here? Then he comes back, and he goes back to the altar that he had made, and he calls upon the Lord, and the Lord meets with him at that, at that place. See, we can avoid those problems if we would just learn these lessons. But, you know, we're, we're, we're like Israel. We're like Abraham. We're like David. I know we'd like to think that we're not. And we need God's grace to avoid these things. But you know, the truth is, is that we're all dumb enough, we all do the same. Isn't that true? God help us to avoid that and the consequences thereof. And so we need to take this approach and ponder the path of our feet this morning. Abraham's journey reflects the Christian pilgrimage. And there are lessons to be learned but we must hold fast to the scripture that tells us in our text, ponder the path of your feet. Ponder the path of your feet. You see, in light of these things, will we reap the bad choices that we make in life or will we be led of the Lord and allow God to direct our steps? Because we know that in, in God there's blessing after blessing and God causes our way to prosper as we trust in him. And even if we've made bad choices, in which we, well, I'm sure we have, when we get right with God, when we confess our sin, you know, God can get involved in the circumstances. God is bigger than the, the, the problems and the problems sometimes we create. And in his mercy and in his grace, he can work in and through those things.
But what I'm saying to us all this morning is let's listen to the words of wisdom that we find in our text in the book of Proverbs. Guard your heart with all diligence, or keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Ponder the path of your feet, and let all your ways be established. Consider God, acknowledge him, trust him, and let God direct your steps. Let's ask the Lord's blessing this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. Lord, for your word this morning that is living and powerful. God, we do acknowledge, God, as to how true your word is. Lord, let God be true and every man a liar. And we acknowledge the, the, the truth of your word. I pray, God, for your people that we would take heed, Lord. That we would, God, walk in a manner that is worthy before you. That we would not lean on our own understanding. But, God, acknowledge you in all of our ways. Ponder the path of our feet. Knowing that, Lord, you will direct our steps. Even as David prayed, cause me to know the way in which I should go. And, Lord, we have a confidence that if we're acknowledging you, if we are calling upon you, if we are looking to you, if we are trusting you, God, you are always in control. We can have peace, we can have rest, and Lord, we can trust you because you are directing our steps. Lord, we just bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.